Welcome back to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, I'm your host, Micah Hart. Thanks for tuning in today. Now today, it's going to be a little change of plans. I am going to be interviewing Senator Bellino from this great state of Michigan, and I'm going to talk to him about what's going on in the state. There's a lot, so without further ado, let's get into things and welcome Senator Bellino to the show. Welcome everyone to Heart on the Hill. This is Senator Bellino with me today, and I am honored to interview him. So without further ado, I'm going to get into these questions. My first one, Senator, goes to the recent passage of universal background checks and safe storage. What are your thoughts on this? How is this going to affect Michiganders who are law-abiding citizens and just want to uh, express their Second Amendment rights? Well, first of all, I, I own four handguns. And every time I buy a gun, they do a background check. So this is already in place. We already do that. I, you know, I don't, I'm a responsible gun owner. I lock my guns up. They're, they're, they're eight feet in the air locked up, or they're down by my bed locked up. The grandkids can't get to them. Responsible gun owners don't have this problem. So I don't know why, we, why the Dems pushed this down our throat and shoved this down the, the Michigan people's throat, but uh, I voted no for it, and I think everybody in the Senate voted no for it. They, these, these bills would not have helped the shooters and what happened in MSU, and that was a tragic event. And they wouldn't have helped what happened at the Christian school uh, a, a couple weeks ago in, in, in the States. So uh, the Dems think they need to come up with these stupid bills to placate their base, and they did, and they're, they're, they're spiking the football thing. They did something good, but they won't change the crime statistics at all, and that's the problem with that. Is there any concern that more legislation that um, going towards guns is going to be coming out in the near future, or do you think that that was their extent of it right now, or do you think they're going to continually push for more and more? reforms. Well, I think like a lot of Republicans, when they see in a couple of years that none of these bills work to stop crime, they'll come up with more bills that they think are more that they think are better, but we know are more egregious to our to our law abiding citizens. And see that's the problem. And that, and that's what I, I, I tell the Dems. You can't legislate hate. You can't legislate mental health. And here's how some progressives think. When I bring up the fact that mental health is part of the problem with these shootings, they say, No it isn't, no it isn't, it's the guns. I say, wait a minute. Do you think that gentleman in Lansing had proper mental health? Or the lady that went to the Christian school and shot people up had proper mental health? How many people that commit suicide, which is almost half the gun deaths, how many people that commit suicide have the proper mental health? And they, they, they think that it's, mental health has nothing to do with it when I know and common sense people know that mental health has 99% of the, of, of the problem right there. So you're not, you're not going to persuade these progressives to think like that. In fact, at one of my office hours, a lady, with she told me she had three advanced degrees, big freaking deal. She said, you don't have any advanced degrees, Senator Bellino. Why do you think mental health plays a, 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 a percentage, a high percentage in these, in these shootings? And I said, because I've got common sense, and that's something you lack. So the, these bills have no common sense to them at all. And I think in a few years, you watch, mark me on this, they're going to come out with more bills that are more egregious because these bills they passed aren't going to work. Yeah, and I want to now go, according to the Detroit News, there were gun groups who are now suing the state legislature because of an improper amount of time to testify to the committees. Are, are you concerned about this? And did you witness this? And how, how should this now be handled with all of that? Yeah, they, when, when they had the, uh, the hearings on it, it was 99% pro-bill, you know, 99% anti-gun people, and 1% of common sense people to talk. In fact, most of the gun people weren't allowed to talk at all. Uh, and that's how they stacked the deck, and they pushed it right through. And just like some of the, 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 the bills they passed earlier, no committee hearings, shove them down our throat. You know, the governor talks about 
open, opening the door up and having sunshine in and, and having transparency. They're doing just the opposite. Look at what she did two weeks ago. She signed that right, the, the, uh, the change the bill on the labor laws, and and she put money in it so it can't be re- it can't be changed. And she told us two years ago she would never do that. The Republicans do that. That's bad. She did the same darn thing. So she talks out of one side of her mouth and does something else out of the other side of her mouth. And now I want to shift gears a bit. So the Michigan Senate Democrats want 100% clean energy by 2035. How reasonable is it for Michigan to reach even half of that? And what are, what are your main concerns for legislation such as this, if you have any on this? Well, I've got a new sticker on my back window of my car I picked up. It, said, it says Friends of Coal. I think the Dems' idea is stupid. It's ignorant. They don't do the math. They have no idea where the power is coming from. They, we can't. Nobody is citing commercial solar, which they say was going to be save the world, make us clean. There's no commercial solar going up in my area at all. And I'm near two huge plants. I've got the Fermi plant, the big nuclear plant, and I've got the biggest coal burner in the state, the Monroe Power Plant. And uh, it's clean coal. It's, it's a, one of the cleanest coal plants in the world, and they want to get rid of it because it's, it's on their agenda. The, what the Dems want to do with this clean energy thing is just a farce. It's, it's a farce. It placates to their base, their left-wing progressive base, but it'll never work. The math does not work out. Are, are you concerned at all about jobs in the state now with this whole bill? Do you think that it will really affect different certain industries in the state? Well, sure, sure. They want, to, they want to make us filled with solar, and most of that stuff's made in China, and they want to shut down the plants. Now, you know, in my district, I have a plant that makes the, the uh, uh, parts for the, uh, 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 the wind turbine parts, uh, you know, for, for, for air and to make, to make power, but uh, that's only 80 employees. But my coal burner has 600 employees. And my nuclear plant, which they will come at next, you watch, they may, they may like nuclear right now, but if they get their way, they'll shut down the nuclear plants, too, because they'll say, you can't – there's too much waste. We can't do anything with the waste. It's, it's the cleanest energy we have, nuclear. And, and this waste is stored in an area that, 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 is, that's not, that can withstand 200-mile-an-hour winds and 35-foot waves. And a lady said to me a few weeks ago, what if we get a 35-foot wave off Lake Erie and it knocks those casks down of the spent fuel? I said, ma'am. If we get a 35-foot wave off Lake Erie, we got bigger problems than spent fuel on the ground. We're all going to be dead because there's a 10-foot 10, 10 rise from Lake Erie to Ridge Road in, in the Ridge Highway in Lenawee County, and it'll, it'll destroy everything. So forget about that. The, the, what the progressives are pushing is something that they can control us for the rest of our life. They can control our power. They can control everything. And they did this with, with voting. Look what they did with uh, absentee ballots. They think it's the greatest thing in the world, and we know it's reaped with fraud. That's all they're doing. Do, do you think that a bill like this also would then get concerning for the auto industry in the state? Um, there's pushes in some states to go towards electric vehicles. Do you think that that's something that Michigan would really aim towards eventually? Well, here, here's the problem. The policies that the left side is pushing will push a lot of our businesses out of our state. Why do you think Ford left to go to Tennessee to build their stuff in Kentucky without saying a word to us? without saying a word to us. Why? Because our policies uh, restrict growth. Our policies restrict entrepreneurship. Our policies hold up everything. And th- these policies to go green by whatever year they say it is, is just farcical. Yeah, yeah, we're, 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 on, a, we're on our trajectory right now. We're getting a few percent better every year uh, with, with green energy and making things cleaner. But they want to do it all in 12 years. 
incredibly stupid. They don't. They're not doing the math. They have no idea where the power is going to come from, and uh, it just it's just farcical. You're listening to Hard on the Hill on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7. I'm with Senator Bellino talking about what's going on in the state. And now, Senator, I want to shift gears a bit again and talk about a recent bill in the House that would work on making it completely illegal, really, to be on your phone when you drive. Do you think a bill like this goes too far or would it continue to allow for protection of everyone on the road? Well, I, I'm, I, I drive 106 miles from Monroe to Lansing every day. I see 25 or 30 phones. I talk to police. I talk to prosecutors. We know that distracted driving deaths, distracted driving accidents are way, way up the last 10 years. And we know what the cause is. It's caused by the phone. But we don't have the data. Why don't we have the data? Because nobody says, officer, I was texting on my phone when I ran into the guy. Nobody, nobody ever gets honest with that. We, need, we, we passed a bill in the early 2000s to make it illegal to text and drive. Great. We passed that bill. People quit texting and driving. Cops are pulling people over, giving tickets. That's great. We never thought we would have a computer in our hand and we could buy from Amazon while we drive or we could be on Facebook or whatever. So I really think for common sense purposes that we need to put the phone down and drive. Driving is dangerous sometimes because people are idiots when they drive. I don't think people should have a phone in their hand. I haven't seen this bill, but I have, have had bills in the past with my name on it and then I signed that said, don't pick the phone up when you drive. And if people think that I'm taking away their rights by asking them not to put the phone up, they need to look in the mirror because you don't have a right to look at your phone and kill my grandmother or my cousins. So I have no problem with people putting the phone down when they're driving. No problem at all. Do you think there is a limiting principle on this? And like as it goes, do you think that billboards or things like that also play into this or like eating while driving, things like that. Do you think that at all is an aspect of this as well? Well, we, we had somebody, uh, a couple of doctors and scientists in talking about what the brain needs when you're on your phone, what use of the brain and what it takes away from your cognitive resources when you're driving. Eating does not do that. Texting does. Uh, shopping on Amazon does. But picking up a Big Mac while you're looking forward, taking it to your mouth, which you don't have to look at the Big Mac because we know how to take food to our mouth without looking at it, is a little different than being on your phone and shopping on Amazon or being on your phone and, and getting mad at somebody on Facebook. It's totally different. And, and, and actually, when the bills went through a couple of years ago, um, there were carve-outs for older cars. If you didn't have uh, Bluetooth, there was a carve-out for you. So today, we have a Bluetooth thing. Today, I'm driving. I'm looking forward. I touch my dash, and I talk. I touch my dash, and I ask him to call. I touch my dash, and I ask him where I got, you know, where, what are the directions. I keep my eyes forward. I touch my dash, and I get it done. Older cars, you can't do that. But all the new cars in the last 10 years, you can do this too. So I, I, think, I think this putting the phone down for a few years is probably a bridge between autonomous driving after I'm dead, when you're, when you're driving autonomously, and what we have today. And I think for safety of everybody, if, if you don't care about yourself, uh, go out on the country road and get on your phone with nobody around and do what you want. But we're on I-96 with 150,000 cars every day passing Brighton. Put your phone down and drive. Don't kill the guy next to you. Yeah, and I, I want to now move towards something else that really affects Michiganders in the state, really the farmlands. And you've had a bill yeah. that would really try to protect American interests. So what is your con greatest concern for the American farmers in regard to national security? And how is your bill going to really protect the American farmer, the Michigan farmer specifically? Well, my, my concern is that, A, the Chinese are buying farmland through all these shell companies, and we don't know who they are. It takes a lot of work to figure out that the Chinese Communist Party owns it. 
My concern is the Communist Party is buying this for their own security. A, they're making money on the product they, they grow and, and sell, and B, they're pulling the product back to, back to their own country to feed their own people, or they're taking the profits from that and going back to their own country. The, the, the Communist Chinese care nothing about Michigan. Michigan farmers, they care about Michigan. So I believe that we should keep the land out of the Communist Chinese Party's hands and keep it to our own uh, Michigan farmers' hands and let them do the work they've been doing for 200 years and feed America. Because that's what Michigan does. Between, between uh, Florida, Texas, California, and Michigan, we feed America. And we need to keep that going. And do, do you think other, other states with legislation like this, have you worked with them or talked to legislatures in other states about something like this? Yes, because yes. It's there's like 11 states right now with bills uh, similar to this. Some of, some of them, though, obviously are in progressive states, like our governor would never sign that bill because she she likes to be uh, with the Communist Party, I guess. she I don't think she would ever sign this bill, but I'm hoping to get a committee hearing and get it going and, and see what we can do with it. And this and this was, you know, we've been talking about this for five years in the House and Senate. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, which what's happening with, with the Chinese, uh, uh, you know, puffing out their chest and thinking they're the most powerful people in the world with what they're doing with the economics to other countries, with what they're doing to Taiwan, with what they say they're going to do to us someday. We need to stop them from buying our businesses, stop them from buying our land, and stop them from, you know, they're, they're taking American pride, American products, the American ingenuity, the American way of life, taking it, making money on it, going back to China, and then oppressing their own people. Let's, let's get honest. They're making money and, and keep oppressing their own people. So we need to stop that. Do you have, we've talked about jobs in the state um, in regard to clean energy and things like that. Do you think that if a bill like this didn't pass in the state and you had China buying more and more farmland here, would people start moving to other states that are able to pass legislation like this? Farmers. Well, it's funny you should ask that because I'm sitting here at Grandparents Day at Hudsonville Christian School, sitting next to a person uh, who it bought a house in Florida is moving there in three weeks because he says the economy and the politics are a lot better in Florida than they are in Michigan. And we're going downhill fast. Now I believe we're in a tough spot right now, but I believe we're going to turn this around and get rid of the progressive ideas and take over the house in, in a year and a half, two years, and then come back and take over the Senate, take over the governorship and change things back. I was at a committee meeting yesterday. We had a bill we passed four years ago, Tristan Cole bill, uh, a rep from up north, and it was we would have no regulations in Michigan that are greater than federal regulations. We passed that bill. Almost party lines. We passed it. Had a committee hearing yesterday. They want to get rid of that bill. They want to have higher standards in Michigan for all kinds of things than the federal government. And why do they want to do this? They want to do this, A, to push their green agenda, and B, to suppress people's thoughts and, and, and suppress people's work. Um, they want to they want to hammer us with all the regulations so that all our jobs go out of state. It seems like the Dems don't care about where the jobs come from. When they push uh, the change of right to work, we lost a lot of economic development. When they push these laws to change our, our, uh, our standards uh, 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 above federal standards, they tell business, don't come to Michigan. Our door is closed. I saw a billboard the other day, and it was from North Carolina, you know, Come to North Carolina. We're open. Our regulations are less. Our, our taxing is less. Our authority is less, and we let you grow. That's what's happening now. They're taking our businesses and taking them down south. And, and Ford showed us. Without saying a word to us, Ford went to Tennessee and Kentucky and said, bye-bye, Michigan. I'm out of here with a $14 billion project. Now, I to go at connecting to this kind of, I want to ask now, you're in 
the Capitol, you're there, you talk to people. Have you ha- heard any concerns from Democrats that think that the party's, their party's moving too fast and doing too much? Because, I mean, in just a few months, we've had, they've gone after guns. We're now seeing clean energy. There's American farmland stuff going on. There's so much that is going on. Do people think they're moving too fast? Uh, most of them do not think so. Privately, you talk to them, and they'll, they'll express some concerns. I mean, we had uh, John Cherry, a senator from the Flint area, change some of the gun bills so they wouldn't sue people that sell guns illegally. They wouldn't sue the gun manufacturers. He took that out of those bills. And that was his call, and that was nice of him. Now he voted for the bills himself, but he took some egregious stuff out of it. So there's a couple people over there that think moderately, but you, even though you think moderately in a few subjects, you're being pushed by the whole agenda, which is 89% of the people there in the House and Senate, and you've got to go along with the flow. Or else you're 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 cast out as a uh, you know out, out by yourself, and and most of them don't want to do that. They want to get stuff done. So I think there's a couple moderates over there. I know for a fact there are seats in the House and Senate that we lost by very few votes. That there people in the seats now are voting far left progressive when they said they wouldn't do that when they ran, and we're going to take those seats back because it's the same thing that happened when they took over in 2008 when Obama won. They went far left, and we took up all those seats back in two years, and we're going to do the same darn thing. We're going to raise money. We're going to have good candidates. We're taking these seats back, and we're changing things back better than they, than they were before the Dems took over. And I want to now go to one last section on, really, the Democrats' recent push to include individuals that are part of the LGBTQ community into the civil rights protections. Do you mm-hmm. th- What do you think about this, and do you think it would hurt religious communities who are now having to be— um, Agree with certain things, maybe that they don't. Well, when, want when you to read vote. the Elliott Larson's law and what they do, they put the LBG community, the letters in the Elliott Larson's law. The first thing it protects is church and religion. So uh, you need to think about it in that context. The Elliott Larson's law was written because in the old days they would fire you for your color or for your race or for your sex, and they stopped that. So this deals with hiring and firing and housing. I have, I have no problem with all human beings having the same rights with hiring and firing and housing. Now, I went to a pro-life dinner in Lenaway last night, and we talked about the rights of the unborn. And the unborn have no rights now in the Dems' eyes, but they do in our eyes. I think the born people should have the same rights. We should all have the same rights. So I, I voted for the, uh, the change to put those in the Elliott Larson's bill only because I think all human beings on this earth should have the same basic rights when it comes to hiring firing and housing and that's that that should and we you know when you think about it we had this same darn debate in the 30s 40s and 50s and 60s about people of color most people thought they weren't human a lot of people wouldn't hire them they wouldn't they wouldn't rent to them and that was that was egregious and america changed that to to the better way and i have no problem with changing this for people who say they're gay or bisexual they should have the same rights in hiring and firing and housing that i have and that you have and that other people have Mm-hmm. And so now I just want to go back to one more thing uh, to wrap everything up, really. And that is you've kind of already talked about this, but how can the GOP really prove to Michiganders over the next year or so that they are the right option to take the helm to move the state forward and provide um, an alternative to what we're seeing now? And if, if that does end up happening and the GOP is able to take control, what are the things that you do in the first 100 days to prove to Michiganders that we are, we're sticking to our word and we're going to protect you? Well, 
it's going to change because people are going to look and see what they've done in their first 100 days, what, 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 uh, what they've shoved down our throats that, Michigan, that most Michiganders don't like. And, and so by their actions, by the progressive Dems' actions, by the governor's actions the last three months, it will show the Michiganders that we need a, a, more, a more moderate look at this. We need a more conservative look at this. We need to look at this like what is best for our state, what is best for job creation, what is best for uh, the, the social fabric, what is best for the unborn. And when you look at it and you're honest about it, what we're doing now is not working. It's not working at all. What she's done the last three months, and we, we held her at bay for a while when, when we had the Senate in the House. Um, we had to make some, you know, every now and then we'd have to negotiate things to get stuff done, and that's part of politics. But right now there is no negotiation. It's take it or leave it, and they're giving us the far-left perspective, and that far-left perspective is going to give us back the House in two years and the Senate in four years and the governorship in the next election. Well, thank you so much, Senator Bellino, for joining the show today. It's been great talking to you about everything going on in the state. Thank you for everything you do, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, and thanks for calling. I'm going back into school now. I'm at Hudsonville Christian School. It's Grandparents' Day, so have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Heart on the Hill. As always, it's a pleasure being able to discuss politics on this show and have you being listening to it. That's wonderful. It makes me so happy. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7.